0: What's up everybody and welcome to episode number nine of the Jason Juliet podcast where we talk to real people about the experiences in life that have shaped their perspectives and try to take away lessons that we can all learn from just a bit of housekeeping to let you know that the podcast is back. I'm sad to say that it has been nearly a year since I released my last episode, but in that time, I have finished my last semester of nursing school in Austin, Texas. I went on my second podcast tour, which had us on the road for two months I moved to Philadelphia, I passed the NCLEX, and I finally began working as a nurse at a psychiatric hospital in northern Philadelphia. So needless to say, I have been busy. But I'm very excited to be back. Things have finally settled down enough for me to have enough time and energy to get the ball rolling again. And with no further delay, I give you my guest, Mr. Scott Weiner. Scott is the founder and owner of Scott's Pizza Tours in New York City. And Scott is a true expert in all things pizza, and his Passion just spills out into everything he does. He also has a nonprofit, Slice Out Hunger, which you can find in the show notes. It is just an all around great guy. I had so much fun going on this tour and getting to do the interview right in the middle of Keste Fulton, which is a beautiful pizzeria in downtown Manhattan, right off Wall Street. And I got the chance to get a real taste of some of the best pizza in the world, no pun intended. Uh, so, after a longer than anticipated delay, it is with great pleasure that I give you my guest for today for episode number nine of the Jason Juliet podcast, Mr. Scott. Scott Wiener. And we are live. So we're live right now with Scott. How do you pronounce your last name? Wiener. St- Scott Wiener of Scott's Pizza Tours in New York City. And let's talk right now about how we actually met because this is kind of a cool story. So we have a mutual friend and we actually haven't covered yet how you met our mutual friend. So this mutual friend is Scott Anthony. He owns Punxsutawney Pizza in Punxsutawney, PA. Uh, Pizza, I'm sorry, in Punxsutawney, PA. And how did you cross paths with Scott? Scott? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think I, I guess being in
1: the pizza world... Right. Um, you run across Scott Anthony. He's one of the guys you're going to run across. And I first met him when I had probably I probably been doing pizza tours for maybe a year at this point. And this guy, Scott Anthony, shows up on my tour with his family. I think it was his wife and his daughter. And they showed up on the tour, and he introduced himself. And I said, oh, yeah, I know your face from the pizza magazine because he writes for Pizza Today magazine. And I did not know that about him. Yeah, he showed up on the pizza tour when he was with Fox's Pizza Den.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And I met him that way. And he said, Hey, after the tour, do you want to sit down and have a beer and just chat? And I thought, Yeah, okay, why not? Like, great, this would be great. Right. He was the first person, one of the first people I really met in the pizza industry when I started, after I started doing the
0: tour. And then I've just, you know, Known him ever since. Wow, I didn't know you guys knew each other for that long. Yeah, probably eight or nine years ago. I I mean, I know, um, so I'm obviously, Scott is a uh, family friend of mine. He's been friends with, you know, my father and and, uh, even my grandparents for for some time, uh, living in the same town. But I, I know that I follow him on Facebook, and he is everywhere. He's always traveling. He's always going to pizza conventions. He's always going to... Just, just anywhere where there's a gathering of anyone who's interested in pizza or does pizza, he's always there.
1: Yeah, he is. He's funny because Scott is not just like a small town pizza shop proprietor. He's involved in the pizza industry as a whole. He's a marketing expert. So... He writes articles about marketing. And when he does the travel, he's always just trying to experience more things within the industry. And as we will probably talk about, the pizza industry is this massive, tight community. Okay. It's not just like 70-some-odd thousand pizzerias across the country that don't talk. Okay. They communicate. There's a, there's a community and there's a trade and there, you know, it's,
0: it's, it's involved and, and that's a big part. And see, I didn't know this. And I think that I started to get an inkling of this on your tour because I actually, so for those of you that don't know, I signed up and I took one of Scott's tours. I mean, if we're, if I'm going to come here and interview Scott, like I got to go on, a, on one of his tours first. And it was awesome. But I started to get the feeling that all of these pizza guys sort of knew each other, and girls, and you know, just the whole community. They're, the way they spoke about it, it was um, it was sort of eye opening. It it, it it very much surprised me in a good way. I couldn't believe how much. I mean, these are people that are just dedic- dedicated towards perfecting their craft, and it was it, it was very impressive to see. So. To let you know something, and Scott, if you're listening, Scott Anthony, uh, please don't be mad. So, I have to ask you a question about the fact that you are in the Guinness Book of World Records for having the largest pizza box collection. So, I have to ask you about that, but before I do, Scott and I got together and we decided to get you a punksy Pizza pizza box with some punksy pizza t-shirts in it and I kid you not that pizza box is sitting in the front seat of my car in Union Square parking garage and I totally forgot to grab it so I have your address I'll have to mail it to you Scott if you're listening please don't be mad at me I, I I've it's been a logistical nightmare <laughs> on this tour I'm doing the best I can I will get this pizza box to Scott but um, but so tell me about your pizza box collection like that was in the Guinness Book of World Records it was like over a thousand? Yeah. This
1: is like a so it's funny. First of all, it's funny for me because I run pizza tours. So I run these tours of famous pizzerias all over New York City. But then I also do a lot of work within the pizza industry. And then I also have this whole weird side thing where I collect pizza boxes. So there's like a lot of weird things going on. But it's all for the greater good of understanding more about pizza? About the food? And since two-thirds of all pizzas eaten on the planet Earth are eaten out of pizza boxes, I really? figured that, yeah, I figured that I should learn more about the box. So that's what sent me down the path of collecting boxes. And I had about 600 when wow. my I wrote a book about pizza boxes, and about the art, and about the history. What's and the name of the book? It's called Viva La Pizza, The Art of the Pizza Box. Really? Yeah, we're actually we're, we're recording this in a pizzeria, and there's a copy of it somewhere on the shelf next to us. Where, oh, yeah, I see the bookshelf over yeah, there. Yeah, they've okay. got a ton of pizza books over there, and somewhere in there is a copy of the pizza box book, so you have to take a look at it later. Absolutely, but yeah. It's, that book came out, and then the week that it came out, I called up the people at Guinness World Records, and I said, I've got this collection of pizza boxes. Is this eligible to be a record? And they said, absolutely. We're going to fast-track it, and then within a week... I, I had a Guinness World Record plaque and then I was in the book
0: later that year. In seven days, they were just <laughs> like, boom.
1: They said, that is a cool collection, because people probably contact them all the time. Hey, right. I got a dozen rocks, can right. I be <laughs> And with this, they were like, wait a second, Over about 600 unique pizza boxes from all over the world. That's cool.
0: Right. It wasn't like 30 from Domino's and another no. 20 from Pizza Hut. It was like no. unique individual. You can buy
1: 10,000 pizza boxes. Right. And it's right. not a collection.
0: Awesome. So, so how many is it up to now? About 1,400. 1,401. Again, <laughs> sorry, Scott. I will get this pizza box, too. So, <laughs> okay. By the time he hears this, I'll have the box. Exactly. That's, that's the goal, really. By the time this airs, hopefully that pizza box will be in your collection. <laughs> so, so, okay. So let's backtrack. You're obviously passionate about pizza, and you care about the details of all of it. How did Scott's Pizza Tours come about? And I mean, what was the real path towards, hey, I love pizza, to there might be something to giving tours and sharing that love with other people?
1: Well, it's probably started around when I was in college. Okay. So I went to Syracuse University from 2000 to 2004, and I was studying production, television, radio, film production. Okay. With the theory that I was going to produce records for rock bands.
0: And we, we, I was we like, I could have a whole podcast about that later yeah, on. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah.
1: So that's, I that was like, okay, that's what I'm going to do. This is going to be great. And in college, I was really into pizza, as any college student was and is and Absolutely. always will be. <laughs> Absolutely. But because I was an audio guy, and there's not a lot of people in the program that I was in who liked audio. So I was able to get access to the studios, and I became a TA for some of the classes, and I used that access to my benefit by offering to record demos and, you know, do things for bands, right. local bands. Right. So I would record local bands for like the smallest amount of money you can imagine. But I would always say, you've got to bring me a pizza. So, <laughs> so pizza was always a part of everything I did. And I'd say, okay, well you just got to bring a pizza cause I wanted to eat a pizza. And then that kind of got me a reputation around the whole music community for being this guy who liked pizza a lot. And then when my bands would go on tour, we would go to famous pizza cities and we'd play a show in Chicago or New Haven and we'd always go to the famous pizzerias. Yeah. So that became just kind of like a way to, you know, when you're traveling around the country, you kind of find things to pay attention to. Yes, you do. your thing. Yes, you do. Let's get different flavors of potato chips whenever we see them. That's my thing. (laughs) Ooh, this different gum that you can only get west of the Mississippi. Whatever. Yeah. That was my thing was pizza and my friend Michelle made for me this journal. Scott's Pizza Journal. I used to keep notes in the journal about every pizzeria that I'd visit. And then, you know, my reputation kind of snowballed among my friends as being into pizza. And that sort of morphed about four years after I graduated from Syracuse. Probably two, three years after I stopped doing a lot of the touring. I was still taking my friends to famous pizzerias in my car for fun. Wow. This was like a thing. I was like, oh, well, they're like, oh, you know all about these pizzerias. Take us... And then that became more of my friends and family members wanting to go on these little pizza adventures. So I decided one day, I'm just going to rent a bus, and I'll take a bunch of people out. And I didn't realize how much fun it would be for me and for them. Yeah. So, yeah, like a few months after that, I started figuring out, is this something I can do?
0: Okay, so like the light bulb went off, like, wait a minute, could I monetize this? Could this actually be a business? Yeah, and it was my friends. I
1: never thought about running a business myself. I never wanted to. I always had a little bit of me that was into that. Looking back, I can see it now. Right. You know, like starting a record label,
0: doing a recording studio, like oh, that kind of stuff. I, I think that's a natural thought in college. You know, people think, ah, I wonder if I could ever do this, you know, not have a boss. And yeah, but for me, I it's funny, like I really don't think I ever focused on that. I think
1: I focused on, oh, I find a job that I want to show up to and get a paycheck, but then I uh, it was when I started when I decided you know what let me quit my job cuz I had a job I had a few jobs at once but my main job that I had a paycheck for was I was an event coordinator for the Department of Cultural Affairs for the city of Hoboken New okay. Jersey So I was doing things for the city of Hoboken. Some of it had to do with audio and with music and movies and, you know, showing programming to the city for free. Stuff that was
0: more up the alley of your major, perhaps.
1: Yeah, it was. But, uh, you know, I realized that that wasn't fulfilling, so I quit it. And I gave myself six months off to let my brain do what it wants to do. And I figured at the end of that six months, I'll either have some kind of direction or I'll start applying for jobs where I can get jobs in production and I'll figure it out. And... During that six months is when I really hit a lot of pizzerias for fun. Okay. And in the middle of that is when I took my friends on this adventure. And then toward the end of that, I was building a website and working on how do you become a tour guide? How do you get insurance? What do I need to do? How do you rent a bus? What permits, licenses, whatever. And wow. that became Scott's
0: Pizza Tours April twenty seventh, 2008. April twenty seventh, 2008. So you've been going, oh, wow. So you just celebrated your 10 years. Yeah. Wow. 10 years, three months, a couple of weeks at this point. Congratulations, man. That's Thanks. awesome. It's crazy. That because I really never,
1: I was never like, okay, what can I possibly do that will make money? Like it was never like that. It was just like, hey, I like pizza. Is this a thing I can do a couple times a week? Oh, wait, I can do it more than a couple. T- wait a second. I don't have time to have another job. And then suddenly... Ten years later, I realize,
0: oh, I'm in the thick of this. So that's actually a really interesting story that you truly, from from really every way to look at it, you grew this organically, like from the ground up. I mean, like from a, starting from a genuine love of pizza, starting from taking your friends on tours, and, and just like going permit by, you know, just really going through the steps of it. So having a business that's that organic and, and that focused on like your customers and like really building a base what has that taught you about running a business? I mean, are, are you are you happy being the businessman now that you're the businessman, now that you're the guy that owns it? Is this is this still just like, are you like a kid in a candy store still? Or, or is there a little bit of more back end that you have to do that? I don't think a day has gone by in the past 10 plus
1: years that I haven't thought about how fortunate I am to wake up every day and get to do something that I'm, so deeply in love with that I never have really a negative thought about it. Wow. I mean, not to say that it's not hard work. Right. There are days where I think, okay, this one is more of a slog than yesterday's tour, but I'm going to do it and I'm going to give it my best. And there's a million jobs that I could be doing that are far less fulfilling. Absolutely. So not a day goes by and I don't think about that. I think in a lot of ways, I don't operate the way normal businesses do and the way normal business people do, in the sense that I don't create goals for myself and then work toward those specific goals. I really do everything backwards, where I see one thing that's working, I see the thing that's being requested, and then I follow that path. Okay. So my only real goal ever is to just make what I do better. I mean, somebody told me the other day, it's one of those business quotes that you probably hear everywhere, you know, try to work on your business, not in your business. So in other words... Work on the functionality of how the business works okay, so that it can work better instead of being an employee of your of your own. I see. And okay. I don't do that.
0: So give me an example of a time where you just tried to learn about the business and looked at something that was working and tried to expand on it as opposed to working in the business.
1: Well, I mean, part of it is that every day I'm out there doing pizza tours, which is working in the business, which right. is the kind of thing right. that I think business experts say, oh, if you're the person running the show, you should dip back from that. You might be more valuable tweaking the concept. But if I'm not out there every day, I can't tweak the concept. So right, right. When people were asking me about, "Oh, can we do wine pairings?" then I figure, okay, well how can I make that work? How can I make wine pairing pizza tours work? So I follow that and I try to make it work. But I do think in a lot of ways, I cannot remove myself from right. actually doing the business, doing the tours.
0: Even if I think I might be really useful working on the concept. Right. And I think, but there are obviously, I think that you're doing a good thing. I mean, you obviously get so much experience from being out there on the ground, talking to the people in the tour, watching people's reactions when you're showing them things, teaching them things, et cetera. There has to be value behind seeing that firsthand, but then also having the ability to step back and try and look at the business as a whole. Yeah. And I think every year, I think,
1: oh, in February when things slow down for tours, I'm going to stop and look at numbers and do all those tweaks. Right. And then February doesn't get that slow. <laughs> and I never, you know, I I mean, I keep track of all the data and everything. I try to be the best business owner I can be. Right. But I also know that I'm more of a kind of guy that like, okay, things are working. So I don't really tweak them. Right. If ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah. That's kind ev- of. Even though I know that that's wrong. Right. Beca- just because I feel like I'm... I want to make sure that I'm giving a great tour. That's all I really care about. Yeah. If the numbers could be better, then uh, I'll figure that out Right. The product is more important.
0: Let's talk about the product then. That was actually a nice segue. So I went on one of these tours. What's today? Monday. So Saturday. So I went on one of these tours two days ago. I went on the Brooklyn tour with Krista. Yeah, Krista. Krista. Yeah. She was amazing. Like she was just had so much positive energy. It, It was amazing. And I had no idea how much history there was going to be in these tours. And I talked to me about that for a second because you know, when people think pizza tours are like, okay, are we gonna stop at 10 places and have 10 pieces in an hour? Or are we gonna to go to like like how how far apart are they? I didn't know the layout of them. But when we got there and they started talking about the true history of like where the pizzas came from, where the ovens came from, the science behind it, I mean, how have you refined these tours to offer this product? Because it's a hell of a product. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, I,
1: when we started, it was definitely more like, oh, here are some of the cool, quirky stories behind the pizza that you eat. And then I started researching those stories and trying to make sure that things were accurate, and that's when it got really interesting. So the more I'd research, the more I'd learn either about those other stories or more, even more so about these things that weren't being talked about. Okay. So... That's where the pizza tour started to get like really in the thick of things, and it became a thing that I loved even more, and a thing that surprises guests. I think that's the that's the thing that I love about the tour is every time a guest says, "I didn't realize it would be like this," part of me is like, oh, i guess i'm not I'm
0: not marketing it accurately but then then the other part of me is like. Oh, well, I love the idea of always surprising people. Right. It wasn't a bad surprise. I mean, the amount of stuff that I learned yesterday about the history of pizza, like the ovens especially, I was very impressed with the ovens. Like the the ovens that they cook these things in are just absolutely insane. I do not know if you wanted to speak about those, but uh, oh, yeah. I, I'm sure you could for hours. <laughs> I mean,
1: we are currently sitting in a room that is a showroom. Besides being a pizzeria, it's a okay. showroom for an oven company, an oven distributor. Really. So there are... Six different ovens in the room we're in right now, oh, and they're all I different. See some of them back there now. Yeah, they all bake in different ways, and this is a room that uh, this restaurant. We're in a place called Caste. Okay. And Roberto Capruccio and his daughter Georgia Capruccio they run uh, instructive classes for amateurs and for professionals, where they teach you how to use these ovens, and it's also helpful for people to shop for an oven. But I use it as a training ground for my tour guides. Okay. So Krista Yeah. and Peter and David and Alexis and Joe and Mike, like everybody, Miriam, we all get together at places like this. We actually get together here pretty often to learn about cheese making. We do tomato tasting. One time we just baked a bunch of pizzas in all the ovens wow. just to see the differences. So I want Krista to have a firsthand understanding. I don't want her to just read a thing right. that I write about how the ovens are different. I want her to see, oh, it's crispier out of that oven.
0: Yeah, and, and not to, not to like, just get up on her high horse, but, I mean, she did such a good job. Like, you could tell she wasn't reading off a script, right? Because she would give you all this information, and then somebody would ask a very detailed and specific question about something, and she just knew it. Like, she just knew all the answers, and I was like, I was like oh, you're not, like, a pizza tour guide. Like, you're almost, like, an expert at this stuff. Like, you really know your stuff. Yeah, I, we have to be, because... You know, People end up on these tours, some of them just because, oh, let's go
1: eat pizza with the family in New York. That's famous. Let's do that. And then some people, like Scott Anthony, are in the industry, and they want to really get something. And I don't want them to walk away from this
0: just thinking that it's a playtime. You want to make sure that no matter what their intentions are taking the tour, that the tour guide has the tools to answer those questions. Exactly. Oh, awesome. It
1: doesn't always have to be nerdy, but like Krista, for instance, because we're talking about Krista, she emailed me last week, and she said, hey, I got a question. Uh, you know, this doesn't totally make sense to me. Can you explain? That's my perfect tour guide is somebody who really wants to understand. Right, that there's, desire to learn. And yeah, and there's, the, I mean, there's no script for, for the Brooklyn tour. For, I've written scripts for the other, two of the other tours just so that they people have an idea of what you should talk about. Sure, the highlights. Yeah, but yeah. I guarantee you, if you... Read the script while somebody's doing a tour, 0% of it overlaps. (laughs) I mean, maybe some of the stuff overlaps, but it's never the same. The Brooklyn one, I've never even written a script. Really? It's more like I want you to learn the pizzerias, then I want you to understand what the story is that links those three, and then be able to tell it so that people taking the tour come away from it understanding information that can be applied to pizzerias where they live, not just to
0: New York City. So... Talk to me about how you acquired these individuals that we're talking about. Because these are obviously some very highly qualified people. They know a lot about this stuff. And it's not something, I imagine you can't like jump on monster.com and look for people that are applying to be like pizza tours. I mean, this is like a very specific niche of you know, talent and knowledge. Like, how did you put this team together?
1: Yeah, it's been interesting because even back to the first person I ever hired, that was Craigslist. You know, but it's weeding through 25,000 people who just right. say, I can eat pizza every day. I want this job. I'm perfect for it. I grew up in Brooklyn. I can eat this, you know. Yeah. And, and then, it, you know, I remember the first person I ever hired, Joanne, was amazing. Cared about food, was interested, detail-oriented, all that. And then from there, I've gotten people, uh, you know, we Alexis was on a tour and the tour guide said, hey, man, you're asking great questions. You're really into this. Do you have any interest in running tours? I'll talk to Scott. So I have people I've met on the tour. I have people who've answered ads on food job websites. You know, it's just a mix. And it's sometimes one tour guide recommends another. Right. Then I'll say, oh, if you think that that person would be great for this, then I'll talk to them.
0: And, and you, I'm guessing you guys are a pretty tight-knit group, like a, a tight team. Like you said that you guys do training here together as a team. And so you guys obviously spend a lot of time together, and it's probably a, a, a really tight staff.
1: Yeah, I want it to be because when, let's say you worked for me. Right. When you do a tour, you're not with me. I'm not with you. It's not like we're in an office together. The only way that we can really stay in touch is by meeting up and having these things. So there's a couple things that happen when you work for me is number one, we do these meetups every six to eight weeks. Hey, we're going to go to this new pizzeria. Hey, we're all going to go learn how to make mozzarella. Hey, we're all going to whatever. Water Buffalo Farm in New Jersey. We do all these things. But we also keep in touch with a private Facebook group. Okay. So we have this private Facebook group where we'll post, hey, does anybody want the July 25th Crosstown Pizza Walk? I got you. And then people say, yeah, I'm on it. I'll okay. take it. And then we'll also post up, hey, look at this article about San Marzano tomatoes. Oh, cool article. You know, we all have this information back and forth because it's, it's not like I've written a book about everything that you need to know about pizza. Right. Like, I mean, there, and there are books about that, but they don't cover everything. Okay. There's no perfect pizza book to help a pizza tour guide
0: do what they do. Okay. So speaking of pizza books, you mentioned that you've done one about pizza boxes that, that's over here on the shelf. Why is Scott not writing a pizza book or, or like a book about pizzas and everything? If there's not one that's comprehensive out there, have you ever thought about doing one? I mean, you, you certainly seem like you have the knowledge base to put one together. If anybody does. Part of the
1: problem is that I'm a real perfectionist and a completist. Uh, so, completionist, completist, I don't know the word. A guy that likes things to be complete. I <laughs> like to be sure <laughs> before I, I publish sure something. <laughs> yeah. So, I am working on a book, but it's so specific and it's so deep research dependent. So... um when it comes out, it will be very serious. Very
0: comprehensive, yes. I guess.
1: My other book is basically a photo book with captions. Okay. Pizza boxes. Because you can't do pizza box book with too much writing. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, show me the pizza box. Yeah, boxes. you got to have this a, a picture cool. of it. Like, what's it covered with? So like? then this other book is going to be way more detailed.
0: Okay. I hope I didn't just reveal anything too early with no, that. Or no, people no. know that you have this in the works. I didn't know if it was going to be a big reveal at some point. No, or... no, no, no. I mean,
1: I, you know, when, when I finally get it done, it might be a big reveal. But, <laughs> you know, I think we're two years away. Okay. Because okay. it's very... Like, I mean, I'm going out to California in a few weeks to do some research about the tomato industry. Wow. Which the canned tomato industry in America is in California. Okay. So okay. that's going to be a huge deal. I didn't even know that. Yeah. I mean, the the book is the book is basically... The history of pizza's evolution in America over the past hundred years as told through the changes
0: in the ingredients. Wow. That is intense. Yeah, it's going to be intense, but it's going to be like, a, you know, fun. I've, I've got to imagine that's going to be so interesting, though. Like the like the stories of why and how those things change. Yeah, and sort of. Like, it's well, when great.
1: people say like, oh, well, pizza sauce when I grew up was like this, and I'll explain, well, here's why it was like that. Ah. And a lot of the time it's not because a chef decided – That it needed more oregano. It's what they had. Yeah, it's what you have. Or, I mean, if the tomato doesn't taste good, you got to add something. Yeah. It's like, well, where are the tomatoes coming from? And, you know, uh, Italians were not bringing in flour and cheese in the early 1900s, but they were bringing in tomatoes. So I want to know why. And when did it change from Italian to California? And I mean, there's
0: so much. There's so much. Yeah, you, you could probably tell a story like that about every little thing. It's, it, it, it's amazing. Yeah, yeah, that's amazing. So speaking of, you said about two years from now, like give or take, but where do you see the future going for Scott's Pizza Tours? I mean, like we fast forward five years. Do you have double the staff? Like are you trying to expand tour routes and get more of the historical sites around New York City involved or – is it more of a thing where you're happy with what you have? You just want to continue to make the product that you have better and better and better for, for the people that are coming on the tours? Like, where do you see it? I think there's always an evolution of the product. But it's more about
1: which pizzerias are opening and what more cool interactive things can we do in them. But it's the same exact thought. I do not have any plans to start doing tours in other cities. Okay. People ask me about that all the time. I do not have plans to start doing other foods.
0: People ask me that all the time. That was going to be one of my questions.
1: <laughs> and I love other food, and I would love to help. If you decided you want to do, you know, Jason's Hamburger Tours, then, like... Right. I, I, I would, could come I would, to you
0: for some tips.
1: Yeah, I would totally love to help and, like, right. be a part of it and whatever. But it's not for me. It's not me. I'm pizza-focused. Pizza. Okay. So I see what's going to change in the next few years is just the, my, my roots are deep in pizza. And I would like to spread them even more in within pizza and do more writing and more content related things
0: Well, that. That's yeah. awesome, man. I, I can see the passion for pizza. I mean, it obviously like, like you meet you, you just, you're so excited about this stuff right away and you can feel that energy. It's probably why you've been so successful doing it. So before we wrap up, tell everybody where they can find your tours, tell everybody if there's anything else you wanted to add, but tell everybody the website where they can find your tours, where they can find you on social media, all that stuff.
1: The website is scottspizzatours.com. My Instagram is my most active on social media, okay. and that's just at Scott's Pizza Tours. Twitter is at Scott's Pizza Tour. Facebook is slash New York Pizza Tours, and uh, I mean I also do want to mention one other thing is Absolutely. that a, a kind of adjacent to running uh, adjacent, I should say, not adjacent. <laughs> Adjacent to running the pizza tour,
0: I also run a nonprofit called Slice Out Hunger. That's which, right. Yeah. We were just talking about that right before we got on air. I'm so glad you brought that up. Tell me about the chair. Tell me about this yeah, nonprofit. Yeah, so, so it's a
1: nonprofit that funds hunger relief organizations through programs, events, and campaigns in pizzerias. So we might do a dollar slice night. We might do a featured pizza of the month where proceeds go to help hurricane victims in Puerto Rico, it could be anything it's always for hunger relief and it's important to me it's sliceouthunger.org and that's another thing that i see again instead of starting to do pizza tours in los angeles I'd rather do other things that are within
0: pizza that are not just tours. I got you. SliceOutHunger.org. Nailed it. Scott, thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate you giving me the time. I know how busy you are. I know how chaotic your schedule can get. You gotta, you gotta, you're, you've got You got your uh, finger in a lot of pies, so to speak. <laughs> so uh, I, I certainly appreciate the time. So, Thanks for so having thank me. It's a great chat. All right, Scott Weiner. thank you guys very much for listening. And we'll see you next time. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's it for episode number nine. I'd like to thank my guest, Mr. Scott Weiner, for joining me on the show. Just a really great guy. I had a lot of fun doing that conversation. Uh, please help support his nonprofit, SliceOutHunger.org. He mentioned that towards the end. I think that that's a phenomenal thing that he's tried to do, just to try to bring the community together through his expertise and just to get more resources funneled to where they need to be, which is those that are in hunger. If you're interested in doing any of his tours, go to scottspizzatours.com. You can find him on Instagram at scottspizzatours. You can find him on Twitter at scottspizzatour, singular, and Facebook at New York Pizza Tours. So thank you very much to Scott, and please join me next week. I have a family member coming on, Mrs. Colleen Adamson. She is a phenomenal human being. And she is one of the longest living survivors of a double lung transplant. She has a great message that she is trying to get out, which will truly just make the world a little bit of a better place. And it's so easy to participate and help. Uh, I had a great time talking to her and uh, she's just a really special person. So please join me next week for that interview. And until then, we'll see you soon.